0: You're a big, fat mess. You can't get to the gym, can't work out, no time, diet's a wreck, and you have no idea where to start to turn things around. Like us, you're a fit mess. Lucky for you, on today's show, we have a guest who has taken thousands of hours of research, put it into one simple book to help you figure it out. Coming up, our conversation with Dave Asprey, founder of Bulletproof Coffee and author of Game Changers, What Leaders, Innovators, and Mavericks Do to Win at Life. This is a Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. It is the Fit Mess with Jeremy and Zach. Zach and Jeremy, whatever order, I don't care. We're both here. We're both here. Thanks for being there, listening to this episode of the show. Thank you for all your uh, feedback and uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere that you guys have been interacting with us. That's been really fun to watch. Uh, It's been really fun to to watch the uh, support that we've gotten just getting the show off the ground. Uh, including our brand-new sponsor that we get to talk about for the first time, uh, an official sponsor for the show, Bravest Brewing Company. i got to tell you, I know it sounds weird talking about beer on a show that's supposed to be about health, fitness, wellness, taking care of yourself, but sometimes that includes a beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes you need a beer that doesn't have any alcohol in it, or at least very, very little. Uh, And that's where Bravest Brewing comes in. Uh, i got to tell you, as someone who enjoys cooking when I have time, one of my favorite things used to be before I quit drinking to have beer while I was cooking. It was uh, just part of the experience that I really enjoyed, and since I quit drinking about a year ago, uh, that's that's been missing. And so last night I was making dinner for the family, cracked open an IPA, and oh my God, like my the world just aligned in the right way for me. It just it was awesome. It's great to have uh, to have a beer with my with my dinner, even though it was pancakes. I was having pancakes and beer. That's perfect. What's <laughs> wrong with good. that? <laughs> not very keto. I was uh, a bit off the rails for a few it's days. It's not keto,
1: but it's still tasty and delicious. Oh, and, it sounds
0: uh, like. and that is the thing. Uh, you know, we've been drinking a lot of non-alcoholic beers for the last few months, and none of them come close to what the uh, what these guys do. And uh, if you want to find out for yourself, they have a special offer for you right now. You can order through. Uh, actually, there's a link on our website, thefitmess.com. Click on their link and then use fitmess10 to get a discount on your first order of uh, of non-alcoholic craft beers they've got an amber they've got a stout and they've got like i said the ipa
1: what's your favorite so far
0: oh the uh <sighs> probably the ipa because it's the that was my that was my jam i enjoyed yeah. i enjoyed an ipa when i was uh when i was drinking beer so but, being able to to simulate that uh and it's not even a simulation it's an actual beer but it just doesn't have the alcohol so uh so that's been really good to uh to have that
1: yeah i was a big ipa fan but for some reason I really like their amber. It's, the am- the amber's it's a, pretty it, delicious. It's
0: it's a nice uh, middle ground, you know, because the stout you can go a little bit heavier and uh, the IPA is a little more bitey, but the the amber's right in the middle, so it's it's good for just about any time. So Yeah. Uh Bravest Brewing, thank you for being part of the show. Thanks for uh, your support of the show and for for being there for us. So, uh welcome aboard. All right, so I mentioned that uh, I was uh cooking last night, eating pancakes, drinking beer. Obviously, the diet's a little bit off the rails. Yeah, what happened there? <sighs> I, I don't want to get too far down the ra- down the rabbit hole on this, but I I went to a, an event a few days ago, and it was just it it just emotionally drained me. I got home from this thing and I just had nothing left emotionally, spiritually, physically. I was just done. Did you
1: hang up your keep out sign?
0: I guess it's still in the mail. It hasn't shown <laughs> up yet, um, but. I just, I had nothing left and I walked into the house and uh, my daughter had just won this gift basket full of cookies and chocolate and all kinds of garbage. Mm. Shoveled it all in my face. Nice. And basically didn't stop for like five days. I was like, ah, I, I give up. I can't do it. So you fell off.
1: And you just continued going. Fully That's fell wonderful.
0: off, and and like threw my back out. My back still hurts. Like it just, it's just been, it's been a shit show, is what it's been. It's been awful. Jeremy, you are
1: a fit mess. I am a
0: fitness. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get back. Trying to put the fit part back in there. But uh, and w- one of the things that is going to be a big help for me in the next few days is uh, the interview that you're about to hear. We spoke with the author of Game Changers. He's the founder of Bulletproof Coffee. Dave Asprey, a uh, brilliant guy, has taken uh, tons and tons of research, boiled it down into one book with lots and lots of, uh, I guess, tips, tools, ideas to help get you back on track or to get you on track if this is uh, something new for you. Uh, but speaking of getting on track, you're vertical. You're standing up. I am. I actually tried
1: a brand new diet in the last couple of weeks.
0: Oh, yeah? What was that? It's called getting the flu. The keto
1: flu? No, not the not the keto flu, the real flu. Just the actual flu. The actual flu. Good lord! uh, How many? uh, Let's see. How many days was I actually like out? I was in bed for almost seven days. In bed, like in bed, like I kept, you know, like after being in bed for like twelve hours, Mm -hmm. I was like, I should get up and walk around. I have to move. And I'd like get out of bed, walk out into the living room, and then turn around and go (laughs) right back to the bedroom. Be like, that's enough. That's enough.
0: Um, uh, I emotionally, was, I was right there with you. Physically, yeah. I was fine. <laughs>
1: but the diet was great because I had no appetite. I mm-hmm. didn't eat anything. My body was working overdrive.
0: How much did you drop?
1: Uh, I didn't track how much I uh, dropped, but um, I'm I'm at one of my lowest weights that okay. I've ever been at. So, well,
0: well, you can't argue with the results. No, the results were <laughs> abs-
1: absolutely great. But We I'm should still... mention, by the
0: way, you got the flu shot because you didn't get the flu shot. Dummy.
1: I did not get a flu
0: you shot. you got to get the flu shot. I've never
1: gotten a flu you shot. you got to get
0: the flu shot. The only time
1: I ever got the flu shot was I was at the doctor's for something else. And they're mm-hmm. like, do you want one? And I was like, eh, sure, okay, I'm here. <laughs> so I got one. But after that, I was...
0: Um, Are you converted? I'm converted. You're there a was a,
1: There was a couple of times where I was pretty convinced <laughs> that I was done in. And uh, I even have a, a friend who's a nurse that, like, in my deepest, desperate, <laughs> most desperate hour, I texted her you know, with a couple of my symptoms, you know, thinking I've only got a couple of minutes left (laughs) and, uh, I should, I should just, you know, before I go to the ER, before I make that, you know, before the ambulance gets here, you know, I'll just text her real quick and send her a couple of things. And she basically sent back and said, so what you're experiencing is normal. It's scary, but it's normal. And with that, I went back to sleep for four more days.
0: (laughs) That's the thing. It sounds like, from what you're saying, this time around, when people get it, it is like seven to ten days before you start to feel better.
1: Yeah. I went to urgent care uh, three days into it, going, all right, three days, 103 degrees. This is too long. That's when your brain's starting to fry. Something's going on here. And she basically looked at me and said, you're going to have to wait it out. And you know, this year's strand of the flu we're seeing, seven to ten days before people start to feel better, I nearly flipped out thinking that I wasn't even halfway yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I I was better. I started to feel better within seven days, but okay. holy cow. And you're are...
0: what, three, four days out now from when you started to feel better?
1: Uh, Yeah, I started to feel better about four days ago.
0: Okay. But your energy's still low, like just getting back into Oh, yeah. No, today's my
1: first day back at work, and I was Ugh. just like, by 11 o'clock, my boss looked at me and said, you should just go home. You look like crap.
0: <laughs> I used to not get the flu shot until I had kids, and then it was like, well, you know, I I could get them sick or whatever, and it was just being stubborn. I was like, I I don't know what's in it. Government microchips, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and now, hearing stories like that, I'm like, whatever. Whatever slim hope I have of not having to go through that, if I will it'll, take
1: it. If it will prevent me from never having to do that again, I will get one every there year. There you go. Because so, that was more than likely. One of the worst uh, trips to death's doorstep I've ever taken. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But gonna, I
0: lost a bunch of weight. It's going to be the name great. of our album, Death's Doorstep.
1: Fantastic. All right.
0: Uh, well, uh, you're, you're on the mend. I'm emotionally on the mend. We're going to try and get steer the ship right and, and get back on track. One of the ways we're going to do that is with the advice that we uh, got from our conversation with Dave Asprey. Like I mentioned, he's the founder of Bulletproof Coffee, which, by the way, if you don't know what that is, your life is not complete yet. You need to introduce this into your diet. That's how I started my day. It's a little brain octane oil, little uh little ghee, throw it in the blender with the coffee, spin it around, and that's your breakfast. It's delicious. It's uh filling. It, it lights up your brain and it, it keeps you full, gets you ready to to take on the day. That's how I start every day. So it was a huge thrill to get to talk to to Dave Asprey. I know you've been a big fan of his for a long time. Oh, yeah. I've only sort of Just learned about him in the last year or so. Yeah,
1: I've been following him for four or five years. And like from when he first got started with Bulletproof Coffee, Mm -hmm. I remember tracking that down four or five years ago and trying it myself for the first time. The first time I ever tried making it though, I used, I used salted butter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that don't make that mistake.
0: I was just going to say the first time I, cause before I even heard of him, there was the story going around about putting butter in your coffee, like instead of cream or whatever, Yeah, did the same thing, chopped off a hunk of salted butter, <laughs> put it in the coffee and just stirred it Ew. like cream. That's gross. And I drank it. I was like, this is oily as shit. Why would you do? <laughs> oh my God, this is horrible. Why are people doing this? and then you know fast forward 8 or 9 months when i started taking things more seriously and it's like oh the blender yeah oh now i get it
1: yeah but this guy is amazing like even when i started when i started following him years ago he you know he was one of the resources that i pulled together to try and help myself out mm-hmm. and he just had all this great content bulletproof coffee is one thing but he's just got all this other stuff that the guy's a biohacker, mm-hmm. and he's he's just interested in making these small tweaks yeah. across the board to make you better, which is exactly what we talk about on the show. Yeah. So, well,
0: and it's funny I mean, you mentioned biohacking, and for me, that's a word that that I think uh, could scare some people away from the idea because it comes across as this very sciencey. You know, you're in a lab mixing things and trying things, and you can take it to that extreme, but you can also just sleep a little different. Like a lot of things, we'll talk to him about them. Uh, But you should also pick up the book. There's a link to it on our website, uh, thefitmess.com. Go ahead and and click that link and get it through Amazon, and that helps support this show, and it gets you the book, which you're going to want after you hear this conversation we had with Bulletproof Coffee founder, Dave Asprey. We
1: talk a lot about our journey on this podcast, and my journey actually started with you and the Bulletproof Diet, the book, the podcast. You're, you're, You're an inspiration for... Um, you know everything that we're trying to do, and we're really honored to get to talk to you about this and and your your new book, Game Changers. Before we get into the book, though, you know you haven't always been a high performer. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your journey to being a high performance person?
2: Yeah, I I was uh, uh, probably at the bottom of my class uh, in business school.
1: <laughs>
2: um, they call the person who gets uh, an MBA. With uh, At the very bottom of the class, they call them an MBA uh, just as well. And that's something I wrote about uh, in my new book. It's sort of my, my take on that, uh, focusing on your strengths. And along the, the path to where I am now, I'm, uh, I just turned 46. I have more energy uh, than I've ever had. My brain works better than it ever has. I have a lower stress level uh, than I've ever had. Uh, despite uh, having started a company with $68 million in venture capital and writing New York Times bestselling books and running a, a award-winning podcast. Uh, all, all of those things should be just weighing on me. But I go back to when I was in my early 20s. I weighed 300 pounds, and I was probably 35% body fat versus that 9.6%. And I had arthritis in my knees since I was 14. I started getting cognitive dysfunction. And my career was taking off in Silicon Valley. I did very well in my mid-20s, but I was I had the accelerator all the way to the floor, and I was slowing down, and I just didn't know what to do. And I tried working out an hour and a half a day, six days a week, and going on a, a low-fat, uh, low-calorie diet. For 18 months, I did that. And I was still weighed 300 pounds, but then I was tired and, and even more burned out, uh, and I I kind of hit rock bottom and said, you know, I wouldn't hire myself. I bought disability insurance in my mid-20s saying, I don't know what's going on here, but my doctor can't help. I'm going to have to learn this myself. And I took all these computer hacking skills. My career was in Silicon Valley and cloud computing and computer security. Uh, And I said, if I can hack the internet, how hard could it be to hack this? And I started hanging out with anti-aging experts, people three times my age who had similar conditions and had reversed them. And I started discovering this whole new hidden world of people who are doing things that weren't supposed to be possible. And over time, I realized, look, it's possible to not just undo all the damage that I've done or my genetic weaknesses, whatever they are. And that there's a whole nother level of of human performance that I'm capable of way beyond what I ever thought of. And I still am finding every day. There's, there's new levels, uh, even beyond that. And I, one day I just said, I, I've got to share some of this stuff. If someone had just told me the basics when I was 20, it would have saved me that at this point million dollars I spent on upgrading my own biology would have saved me a lot of suffering, a lot of acting like a jerk because I was hangry or high book, like bitchy. And I, I just look back on this path and I, I have, if anyone on earth could improve their performance, uh, I would probably be the worst candidate to do that because I was in such bad shape uh, psychologically, physically, at a cellular level. Uh, And so if if I could do it, it's got to be much easier for most human beings.
0: So let's talk about uh, one of those things and perhaps the thing you're most famous for, and that's uh, the bright idea to put butter in your coffee. Is that fair to say that's sort of what uh, got you started in, in this field?
2: It's one of the two big things that got me started in the field. And the way I came about butter and coffee is after I did all the stuff that's supposed to work, exercising all the time, eating a lot of beans and stuff like that, I even being a raw vegan for a while, I decided I was going to go to Tibet to learn meditation from the masters. And I followed this algorithm. You do what's supposed to work. You measure it. If it doesn't work, you do what's not supposed to work, but some crazy person said might work. So I went and I I (laughs) was on the side of Mount Kailash. (laughs) which is it's in the middle of nowhere in Western Tibet. And it's the headwaters for the Indus and Ganges rivers. It's sort of the Mount Olympus for Hindus and Buddhists, uh, probably the holiest mountain in the world. And you go to this this thing and you walk in a circle around it, 26 miles at 18,000 feet elevation. And I just wanted to go do it for no particular reason other than that. It sounds like something epic and amazing that I'm never going to do again. When I was there, a little Tibetan woman gave me a bowl of yak butter tea, which doesn't taste very good. But my brain turned on afterwards at a time when you're at that altitude, you feel like you're going to die anyway. And I just felt good. And I came back to Silicon Valley and started experimenting. And I applied uh, the science that I knew about making coffee that didn't give me jitters and crash. Uh, adding something called brain octane oil, which came from the anti-aging research on Alzheimer's disease and metabolic uh, and metabolism and ketosis and the ketogenic diet, putting all that together into this new creation. Uh, and I put it out on the blogs. There was no market size for butter and coffee. There was no market for ultra clean lab tested coffee beans or for this brain octane extractive coconut oil that makes you feel different. And I said, look, I find these things matter greatly. How I feel is the most important thing in my life. If I have more energy, I can put things back into the world. I think it works for other people. I've tested on, on a small group of people here. You all should try it. And it took off like wildfire. But that was one thing because it's so noteworthy to put butter in coffee. And, and today, people, have, a lot of people have heard of it. In fact, we've done uh, something like 150 million cups of Bulletproof coffee were the top selling cold brew coffee at Whole Foods, like it's become a real thing and not a fad, but actually people, they feel different. They do it every single morning. They travel with sticks of butter the way I used to. Uh, And in fact, I have a product now that solves that problem. But the other thing that put Bulletproof on the map is since the very first blog posts, I was willing to talk about, Hey, I actually want control of my own biology. And I ended up creating a field called biohacking. And this year, Merriam-Webster's added this word to the dictionary as one of 840 new words in the English language. And I'm in the definition online, which is uh, remarkable and cool. But biohacking is the idea of, changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have control of your own biology. I I felt like my body was a traitor. I did not want to eat the cookie, but I would eat the cookie. I did not want to weigh 300 pounds. I did not want to yell at my coworkers or my spouse, but I did. And it wasn't a choice I made. It was something that happened. And it felt like a betrayal. I said, there's got to be a way to get control and to look the way I want to look and feel the way I want to feel and act the way I want to act. And it was that creation of a community around biohacking. Uh, we'll, We'll be in our sixth annual Bulletproof Biohacking Conference Uh, This April, the first one was 100 people. The last one was almost 3000 people. So it's created this giant movement uh, and that movement of saying, hey, how I feel matters most. That's really what what put Bulletproof on the mat. Before that, it was either how I look or sort of how people perceive me. But this is about the energy to be more of you.
0: That's a brilliant segue into uh, the many questions we have about your book. But before we get there, I just want to say, I, as someone who is one of those people that has replaced my breakfast with butter in my coffee and brain octane oil, I feel a massive difference. About a year ago, uh, I started making some some uh, very small changes, but I think it falls under the, the category of biohacking. A lot of what's in your book is things I've been sort of doing, uh, and I obviously have a lot more ground to cover after reading your book. Uh, but I, if I can, just for a minute, sort of sing the praises of the brain octane oil and the butter and the coffee. It's it is one of the keystones of what has been a dramatic, uh, life changing decisions that I've made. So, uh, so thank you for introducing it and uh, and keep up the good work because it's uh, it's been a big help for me.
2: <laughs> thank you so much. It <laughs> sounds it sounds a little bit crazy uh, when, when you say it like that. Saying, really, how is it possible that changing the kind of oil that goes into your body would do that to your brain? But at this point. Millions and millions of people are doing it, and I can't imagine a day where I I would choose to not do that unless I was maybe just fasting entirely. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's. I would not. I don't want to go back to the way I was.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I think of myself about a year ago, and you know, I was much heavier than I am now, depressed. Just I, I was medicating, you know, self medicating in a lot of different ways. Uh, and really just kind of saw no future. And it's amazing how just a couple of changes, you know, I, I cut uh, alcohol and, and drugs and, and, um, antidepressants out of my life and started drinking this coffee and it just, it lit something up that it brought back creativity. <laughs> yeah. It brought back just having something to get out of bed for every day, aside from just delicious coffee, but like, you know, a life purpose. So, uh, it, it does sound crazy, but for me, it's been, it's been huge.
2: But- The reality is that that is inside every one of us. Uh, Even my company name, Bulletproof, our tagline was the the state of high performance. It's always been there. It's just hidden. Uh, And when I look back at all the stuff I've done that was just not in my own interests. I didn't have that spark in order to to have the willpower to to do the changes. And you just described it perfectly in, in a year. the the transformation is big and it's, it's not one of these things like, Oh, eat kale every day. (laughs) Your your life will be like it was before, except now it tastes bad. (laughs) It's it's, it's, just a different thing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I I've been drinking bulletproof coffee for probably four years now and it's so interesting. I, you know, I tell people about it the first time and they give me a funny look. I tell them, tell them about it a second time and they, they say, "Mm, maybe I'll try it. And then the third time they'll try it. And and it usually uh, takes off from there. It's 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 yeah. my staple I go to it every day. But we wanted to talk to you about your new book Game Changers. You know, Jeremy and I had the chance to read it. It's a great book. It has 46 laws in it. You know, what
0: are those laws and where did you come up with those laws? And wait, and you don't have to list all 46. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 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 how did you I land to, on 46 also?
2: I I decided that I wanted to talk to some of the most interesting people in the world. And I started Bulletproof Radio, uh, my podcast that now has, uh, this year we should cross 100 million downloads. And I've talked to Nobel laureates, Navy SEALs, people who created new fields of psychology or medicine, Uh, and people doing interesting research uh, across a variety of domains, and people who've who've literally changed the game in in their industry, done something noteworthy. And at the end of every episode, I say, look, tell me the three most important pieces of advice, everything you know, three things that matter most if I want to be as impactful as you. And after 450 of those interviews, I put it all into a spreadsheet, and I hired a statistician to go through. And instead of following this idea well that one billionaire over there or that one olympic athlete they did something so i'm going to do what they do and see if it works your life is not long enough to see if that to see if that's going to work for you, you might hit something you might not but we're all very different human beings but what if every one of these people agreed on their priorities well it turns out they don't all agree but there were clear patterns that emerged statistically so In the the course of just analyzing the data, going through all of these interviews again and saying what what can I distill from this for my own edification, so I can be a better CEO and a better father uh, and just a better human, Um, what's uh, what comes out, and what emerged was these three big patterns: Uh, people who are successful are doing things to be uh, smarter, uh, to do the things they do smarter, to be faster. Uh, and to be happier, and it turns out, happy people generally have a big impact, and miserable, pe- miserable people can have a big impact, but they usually hate their lives and then burn out and then have to do the work to become happy people. And I interviewed a few of those too, including a Buddhist, uh, Buddhist monks who you know had affairs <laughs> and you know fell fell from greatness and had <laughs> to climb their way back up, and to learn from these people, and the forty six laws emerged from careful analysis of the data from putting all these different pieces of advice into buckets, seeing where people agreed and didn't agree, and then boiling them out 48 Laws of Power style, uh, which was really interesting. Robert Green wrote the very famous book, 48 Laws of Power. I got to interview him as one of the people uh, in the survey, one of the guests on the show. And I said, you know, his book where he said, here's the rules to follow so you can literally just look at one paragraph and the rule and figure out what does that mean for you? And then each of these 46 laws has a little workbook in the book where you can say, all right, is this the one for me? I'm expecting someone to read this and go, oh, now that I have more energy for my Bulletproof coffee, now that I'm on the path to being, uh, uh, having more control of my biology to being just a better person, showing up wherever I want to show up better, what should I do first? And you go through the laws and you say, I like these three. I'm going to apply these in my life. And, The first law in the whole book is called use the power of no. And the short version of the law is you have 24 hours in a day. You can choose to spend those hours creating things you truly care about on insignificant matters or struggling to prove your worth by doing things that are hardest for you. Master the art of doing what matters most to you. The things that create energy, passion and quality of life with the lowest investment of energy say no more and decide less. So you have power for your mission. And, to get this advice, I looked at the guy who coached nine of the Tour de France teams uh, to uh, to uh, win. And his name is Jeff Spencer. He's an executive coach now who coached me. I looked at Stu Friedman, one of the top hundred executives at Ford Motor Company and a Wharton professor, and a guy named Tony Stubblebein, who has been on the show who's a coach. So there's three stories woven in about how powerful it is to say no. Most people who are listening to the show, they say yes, because they're trying to please someone. And when they say yes to something that actually takes away their energy, they're making a very poor investment. And just to point that out, and then to put in exercises like, here's what to do about that. So that was one of the things that came out of these interviews. And other things that are in the book that, that were uh, kind of kind of shocking related to some of the other books I've written, uh, Law 7, smart drugs are here to stay. And here I interviewed Steve Folks, the guy who wrote the smart drug news, the first and largest newsletter uh, going back into the 80s, a, a brilliant biochemist, Stan Groff who is 94 years old and created the field of transpersonal psychology and was uh, the first person to treat 3000 patients as a licensed psychiatrist in the old Czechoslovakia uh, with LSD, a pharmaceutical grade legal LSD, which led to this whole creation of a lot of the personal development we know today. This is the father of the field uh, as well as uh, several other people uh, in, uh, in the field. So, If you are looking at at things like that and saying, well, can we enhance our cognition with pharmaceuticals or with natural substances? Well, these experts in the world say you can. So is this something you want to do now? But at least, you know, it's a tool you could have and that some of the world's most powerful people are doing it. There's other rules about overcoming fear about. What happens when you're a high performer if you push your limits for too long? There's a whole rule, don't push your limits for too long. And here I talk about the world's top power lifter. I talk about one of the world's top Zen Buddhist monks, another guy who's a different style of monk in LA called the urban monk, Pedram Shojai. And we look at what happens when people like me burn the candle at both ends and in the middle, and we do it without giving ourselves recovery. And what happens is your body starts to attack itself and your overall performance will decline. No one tells you this when you're 18. You're saying, I can stay up all night. I'm going to work two jobs. I'm going to start a company. I'm going to date a supermodel and I'm going to run a marathon and all the things that we think we're going to do when we're young and and we don't know we're taking out of a bank account. Well, I'm going to learn this from people who are 25 years older than me. And now I can apply this to my life or people who've studied the biology of it. Uh, The idea is if you read this book, you read Game Changers, it's going to save you listening to 500 hours of Bulletproof Radio with a lot of thinking, thousands of hours that went into boiling these things down. So you look at it and go, does this apply to my life? If so, I like this law. If not, I'll move on to the next one. It's all about saving you time when you read it so that if you're going to do something, you're going to do the thing that matters most.
0: You know, someone listening to this might be thinking, okay, I don't know that I'm ready to dive in with LSD. Uh, I don't know that I'm ready to, to experiment with smart drugs. Where where would you recommend somebody who's brand new to this idea of biohacking, what are some simple things they can do to sort of start down this path?
2: You know, Law 19 and 20 are some of the most important laws in the book. Law 19 is waking up early does not make you a good person. <laughs> and here I'm looking at the power <laughs> of sleep. A surprising number of these world-changing people talked about sleep as being their top three most important things. And... The waking up early does not make you a good person. It turns out fifteen percent of us will destroy our performance if we wake up early. And fifteen percent of us, if we stay up late, it completely wrecks us. <laughs> and but the rest of the people are somewhere in the middle. And what you do in the morning really matters, but your definition of morning is not the same as everyone else's. And just understanding that one thing changes a lot. So figuring out where and when you should be sleeping, in law, 20, high-quality sleep is better than more sleep. For years, I say, well, you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. But it turns out the data, and I've written about this on the Bulletproof blog for more than five years, the data shows that people live the longest sleep, six and a half hours a night. And people who are healthy need less sleep. And the quality of your sleep is more important than the length of your sleep. In fact, if you sleep eight and a half hours a night, your odds of dying from all cause mortality go up compared to the person who sleeps eight hours a night. Doesn't mean more sleep is bad for you. It just means that if you need more sleep, something needs work. And in this chapter of the book, in this law, I actually tell you what to do in order to improve your sleep quality. And that's core biohacking. And I tell you for for people listening to the show right now, there are things that cost nothing or cost six dollars uh, that you can do that will change the quality of your sleep, how you feel in the morning. Like, what if you have 10% more energy tomorrow because you slept better tonight? That's completely doable. We have the science, we know it, and no one talks about it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have to say, you know, I heard you say a long time ago, you know, block out the blue light before you go to bed and i went out and bought a pair of the orange glasses the blue light blockers and i wear those around the, the true house dark at night glasses? Yeah. yeah and my my 7 year old daughter is is fascinated by it as soon as i put <laughs> them on she starts making fun of me but i don't care i get better
0: sleep <laughs>
2: Uh and, and if if, this TrueDark makes kids glasses that'll fit her. There you go. Ah, and I my need kids get those. I just posted a picture of us going to Hawaii. We took a red eye back, so my kids are in the airport wearing their, their red uh, True Dark glasses, you know, all four of us, the whole family sitting there looking like superheroes <laughs> or something. So it doesn't matter because we got to sleep on the plane and no one else did.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh it's funny though, just last week I was I was uh testing myself to try and be one of those people that gets up a couple hours early to do all the things that I want to do that I don't have time for. And I just was exhausted. It wasn't working for me. And so the last few days I've been experimenting with doing all those things I want to do the night before and maybe getting a little bit less sleep, but I'm able to get to sleep instead of sitting there thinking about all the things I should be doing. And it's – I already – again, I already notice a difference. So it's so it's so funny how it is just a matter of testing it, tracking it, and, and making the changes that that you can make some big differences pretty quickly.
2: Uh, it's uh, it, it sounds – It sounds just kind of weird. Like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to struggle. We've been taught forever that there's morality in struggling. Well, of course you wake up at 5 a.m. And I did this every morning for two years. I became an early morning person. And what I found was actually it makes me tired and less creative. Uh, And I'm not healthier. I'm not stronger. I'm not happier. I'm going to go back to doing it. It turns out genetically I'm one of the 15% of people who was evolved to be the night shift. So I wrote Game Changers after 11 p.m. mostly because they had quiet time. And I controlled the color of light I was looking at. I slept like a baby the whole time. I I didn't damage my health doing it. Uh, And I wrote a really good book. Uh, So (laughs) you can do all these things, but for another person, they should wake up at 4 a.m. and write the book. And neither one is morally superior to the other. And just knowing that in a law is, is liberating because now you're not a good person if you wake up early or you sleep in. You're a good person if you're a good person and you do the things that support your biology the best.
1: Absolutely. So one of the laws that you have is is disrupting fear, and you talked about an emotional stack within that law. I feel like a lot of what holds people back from making changes in their lives is fear, so that law really struck a chord with me. I was just hoping that you could talk a little bit more about why we need to disrupt fear and, and what the emotional stack is that you refer to in the book.
2: Oh, I, I love it that, that we're going to talk about law 10, fear is the mind killer, In my other life, uh, I started a company called 40 Years of Zen that does very high-end executive brain training using computers. And I've spent four months of my life with electrodes connected to my head doing advanced Zen meditation with a computer telling me how to do it better. And it's one of the reasons I can do the things I do. And what you become aware of in advanced Buddhist teaching, in fact, any kind of advanced psychology eventually gets to the same thing. It, it doesn't really matter whether it's a, a kind of a spiritual path from the East or more of a Western cognitive approach. You end up realizing that there is uh, there is fear behind everything you do. And in the, the hierarchy um, that we teach, there's the lowest level of, of awareness is actually apathy. And when you're so afraid of something that the fear turns into anger and then you're like super mad about it. And then that anger can turn into uh, things like shame and it can also turn into apathy and, at this point you're saying, I just don't care. Like it's, you know, I'm numb to that. And eventually was, okay, well, what's really going on is I'm actually really sad about that. And behind that sadness is anger. And behind that anger is always fear. But what the fear hides is the natural human state that we all have, which is happiness and joy. And the people who are game changers, many of them have figured this out in one way or another and they figured out all right if i'm going to be in that happy state at least most of the time i can achieve my mission and i can have a great time doing it and things feel easy uh, so for me i i was successful as a young man but i was running away from failure because i was frankly anxious all the time i didn't even know it and so to be able to unpack those things where now i go oh i'm feeling sad about something Hmm, that means i'm actually angry about something which is i'm actually afraid of something uh, let me just unpack all that stuff. And then depending on how big that fear is, uh, I'll you know do the appropriate intervention so that I can remove that fear as a response. And what I write about in this law, which is probably one of my favorite laws in the book as I think about it, is that that fear response, it's actually not you. It's your body trying to survive in the world around you. And that if you realize that, okay, you're responsible for how you act about the fear, but the fear is is a distributed system throughout your cells based on my last book about these ancient bacteria that are the puppet masters in our biology. Well, okay, all of a sudden it stops being a moral failing. It's not about whether you're a good person or a bad person. It's about whether that fear is causing all this other cascade of emotions. And if you can get through that stuff, what feels like a huge burden now suddenly stops being a burden. And you realize I have so much energy now that I'm not trying to deal with all this fear that I can go do things I didn't think were humanly possible.
0: One of the things you mentioned in the book is that you suck at remembering long lists. And I've got to know someone who has biohacked yourself into a high performance individual. What else do you suck at?
2: Uh, You know, I started out life living in a in a basement that had toxic mold in it, like really bad toxic mold. I had all sorts of weird physical symptoms. It's probably one of the reasons I was I was obese, and it affects neurological development. So I had all the symptoms of Asperger's syndrome, which which runs in my family anyway, until my mid twenties. So I have changed my brain, changed my biology, where I don't identify that way anymore. But some of the core patterning around facial recognition and name recognition, I am probably three or four standard deviations worse than the average person. So if someone at work walks up to me, I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I know who you are. Of course, you know, I'm the CEO. You'd, you'd, ho- you'd hope I'd know who you are. Uh, but if, if someone that I don't work with really frequently walks up to me, say at an airport, I'm like, man, without context, I have a really a much harder time than the average person placing the person. And because now I meet thousands of people and because people walk up to me in airports for selfies, I am always going, "Wait, do I know this person?" <laughs> 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 I think I'm much worse at that than the average person. <laughs> That's funny. So, I haven't mastered that one yet, but I'm working on it.
1: Nice. Well, when when we see you in the airport, we'll we'll let you know that you've never met us before, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, if you see me in the airport, say, "Okay, oh, yeah, I I'm a big fan. We haven't met," or, or tell me your name even if I already know it because it's going to make me feel a lot happier faster. That's funny.
1: For sure. All right. So last question that, that we've got for you is, um, you know, one of the lines that I saw in your book was sunlight is not optional. And, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest uh, just like you do. And as I read it, I was looking outside going, uh, there's no sunlight for the next <laughs> nine months here. Yeah. You know, how yeah. if sunlight is not optional, you know, how, how do how do those of us in the Pacific Northwest get through the winter?
2: Uh, You know, this has been a big challenge for me. I grew up in a desert, but I moved to the Pacific Northwest eight years ago. I'm looking outside right now, and all I see, I can't even see Salt Spring Island right now. It's just all gray. (laughs) And what I do is every winter, I do my best to get out of Dodge. If you can spend a week in a sunny place, it it recharges you. And people who live in Sweden and Norway, they all do the same thing. The native people here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the First Nations up here on Vancouver Island, where I live, uh, they actually ate medicinal mushrooms, um, the kind that make you trip. But they prepared them so they wouldn't do that. And they uh, when they do that, they would use it to make themselves resilient to the gray and the cold. And I don't do that. But what I do is if I'm not going to have a chance to go to Hawaii like I did last week, uh, I am going to expose myself to sunlight, including ultraviolet frequencies from a, a man-made source. So in my uh, in my dining room uh, where my kids and my wife and I have breakfast, we have a very bright sun lamp, uh, not an LED one, not an infrared one. Those things for SAD, those are generally bad on your eyes. We have a bright halogen light and we have a reptile light that's full spectrum sunlight. And that sends a signal to your body that says, oh, it's morning. And that means your circadian rhythm stays on. If we were to live in the Pacific Northwest without either that weird mushroom concoction or sunlight like this, we're supposed to hibernate. We're supposed to sleep 10 hours a night. We're supposed to slow down. But since we're not gonna do that, you've gotta tell yourself in the morning, it's sunlight. So I have a sun tanning lamp or an ultraviolet, uh, like full spectrum sun lamp. And I turn it on for 20 minutes and it completely changes things. Wow.
0: Well, I guess I gotta go shopping. (laughs) It's time. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much uh, for the work that you're doing for this book and for uh, being so generous with your time. It's a it's a real privilege to get to talk to you, and uh, just we really appreciate you doing this with us.
2: Uh, you gotta really, really appreciate the support on the launch and just for letting me know that it's uh, it's made a difference for you because uh, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> like I, I left my career in tech, and uh, because I thought this this mattered more. Uh, so thanks for letting me know that it helped.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's making a huge difference uh, in our lives and, and obviously many others. So uh, so keep it up. <laughs>
2: you got it. Right. I will. And you keep it up, too. All right. Thanks.
1: Take
0: care. All right. All right.
1: Thank Bye. you. Bye. Dude, we just talked with Dave Asper. I know.
0: I still can't believe that happened.
1: I can't believe it either. It's, That's uh, amazing.
0: He was a very cool guy, he spent a lot of time with us. And uh, so that, that really meant a lot that, that he carved out that much time for us. His book, again, is called Game Changers What Leaders, Innovators, and Mavericks Do to Win at Life. There, are, of course, are links to the book on our website. Thefitmess.com, go there and, uh, and get the book, because as much as it's called Game Changers, I think the book can be a game changer for a lot of people. There's, yeah. what, we said, what, 46 different laws? 46 loss. laws. 46. He boiled it down to 46, which still, like, you're like, holy shit, 46 things to do, but pick three, pick two, or pick one. In fact... Let the tellers begin. It's challenge time.
1: Yeah, should we talk about the last
0: challenge We should time? talk about
1: the last challenge.
0: Uh, So I believe the last time we met and did the show, I challenged you to meditate three times per week, or just for one week. I can't remember. No, three times per week. Per week.
1: Yeah. How would that work out for you? Well, and then I came down with the flu.
0: So basically, you did it. Yeah, you know, I (laughs) I
1: spent a lot of time trying to focus on going to sleep while wheezing and keeping the wheezing a little bit low and breathing. Plus,
0: you're in that catatonic state. For oh yeah. Week anyway. so yeah. You're... No,
1: I had all kinds of weird. I, I woke up <laughs> so worried. I had I had this really weird dream about um, raking leaves, mm-hmm. and I woke uh, in the dream like somebody showed me the right way to rake rake leaves, and I woke up just like absolutely like. Terrified that I've spent my entire life <laughs> raking leaves wrong, and I was just—I was mortified that like my and my life was over because I was raking <laughs> leaves wrong. It was, it was pretty intense. So yeah, yeah, I meditated a little. Yeah, bit.
0: let's let's call that meditation. Good, good job, dude. Yeah,
1: good. Thanks. Job. Well, I'll, uh, uh, I'll get. I'll. Uh, I'll keep that one going though.
0: I don't think I got three times in a week consistently, but I did have one session in particular. Uh, which wasn't intended to be a meditation, but I went to acupuncture, which usually for me ends up being a meditation because when you're yeah. strapped down to a table with a bunch of needles all over your body, you can't really move. There's not much you can do, so I went to acupuncture and and she lit up my back with all sorts of needles and and I did the cupping. If you've ever done the cupping, oh, yeah. that's a good time. But in the, in the point when you know when you're just letting the needles do their thing, I just I always drift into this place where it's just a light show, just like purples and blacks and whites, just kind of shifting around like a kaleidoscope. Wow. And then I sort of drifted into this dreamlike state where I was flying and, and then she came in and, you know, had to do the cupping, but I was like, ah, that's the best place. Every, we there. every time I go to acupuncture, I get to that like enlightened period where you just like, you where ego melts away and you just go into these crazy other worlds. It's awesome. See, so. I had
1: such a different experience with acupuncture
0: really? because my,
1: it was my friend oh, who that's right. was my acupuncturist. So she, she would needle me all up. And then she'd sit in the room and we would talk right. for like 20 minutes. Right. And then I went to an acupuncturist that was different and it wasn't her. And she needled me up and I'm, you know, getting prepped to, you know, have a conversation with her. And right. she walked out for 20 <laughs> minutes. I was like, what the hell? I have to sit here for 20 minutes by myself? Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I get to use this opportunity See, to meditate.
0: I, I usually do like 40 minutes before, you know, she'll come in and you okay. And if I'm awake, you know, I'll respond. But it's, you know, it's usually an hour laying there. Before, Jeez. uh and there have been times when, like you know, you started, you started, you sort of start to freak out, and yeah. you try to move, and like it, something twinges, uh-huh. and it just hurts like hell. I'm like, oh, what happens if I really have to get up? Like nobody's coming to get me. I'm screwed for they're, an hour.
1: They're just tiny little needles. They can't hurt. They that can't much. do that. Oh, but they do. But they do. Oh my
0: god. Uh, only, only if you do it wrong. Like yeah. Just don't move. You'll be fine. Uh, we should talk to somebody about acupuncture, by the way. That'd be a, that'd be a fun a fun show. Yeah. Uh, okay. Challenge time. We mentioned that we'll we'll boil down the forty six rules. We'll pick one to uh, to challenge each other. And I think this one's on you. I think you've selected the one of the laws from Game Changers.
1: Yeah. So one of the I like the um, there was a whole section on fear and um, just you know challenging your beliefs, I guess, and you know specifically Law Thirteen that uh, says don't don't push your limits for too long and you know i guess you know i pushed myself to my limits and i ended up getting sick Mm -hmm. and uh you know this is a really good section that that kind of talks about examining where you put your energy Mm -hmm. and where you know really just taking a look at where you put your energy are you putting it in the right things are you you know where can you put more energy to get better results where can you put less energy to get um better results and just going through these questions
0: um you know and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. that's we should point out in the book that's that's kind of the strategy is that there's a, a little bit of, uh, of the history there's a little bit of the of the uh, knowledge that that Dave gained in, in his various interviews or, or interactions and then there are action steps at the end of each chapter and those are oftentimes uh you know making a list of things or going through and doing an inventory of things and figuring out what you want to do better. And this is a great example because there's, I think there's like eight or nine questions on this exercise. Yeah, this particular
1: one is really good. Um, You know, like the first one is, you know, write down the top three things that suck up the most energy from your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these could be good or bad. Yeah. And then what are the top things that give you the most energy in your life? Uh, Bulletproof coffee. Mm -hmm. That that one's definitely one of the top ones. There's a few others, but, you know, in the end of it, it's going to be, You know, practice Mm self-care. How often are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Using the answers to your questions on, you know, what percentage of your time do you spend on things that generate your energy? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I want to go through and do this for a month uh, between the two of us. You know, answer the questions, figure out where you're spending your energy, what gives you energy, what's bad energy, what's good energy, and then really put together... A self-care program to you know take advantage of that energy to, yeah. to make the most of it
0: well and hopefully just through our experience we can share something that that we gain some knowledge that we gain from our own experience that maybe will be relatable to the audience and of course if you're listening uh, and you want to participate grab the book it's available now like i said there's a link on our website or just go to amazon or whatever but of course if you get it uh, through our website it helps the show and we appreciate that
1: yes we do and i can't recommend this book enough it's The whole point of the show is for us to talk about small changes to, you know, make your life better. And I've spent so many years looking for all these small changes and, uh, you know, not to make the whole thing easy, but, you know, when I first started looking for all this stuff, I had to find things all over the place, you know, blog posts, articles, books, just everywhere. And I have to say that Dave Asprey has done a really great job of boiling down A lot of the things that we talk about on the show that I've implemented in my life and put it into one book that you can use as a guide.
0: That was the thing that was surprising for me is that, you know, only having really been taking, you know, this part of my journey seriously for the last year or so the number of things i'm already doing that mm-hmm. are simple it's just like paying attention to sleep cycles paying attention to diet paying attention to exercise doing a little bit of yoga like there's some really simple things that you're probably already doing and there's yeah. some things that you're might, you might already be doing that that maybe aren't working the way you want them to this can help give you some tools to to help tweak all those little things that either you're thinking of doing or you're already doing and you just want to do them better so uh you know again we can't recommend it enough uh and we can't recommend the coffee enough it's it's uh, it's a it's a good breakfast mhm All right, quickly before we go, we do have three copies of Game Changers that we want to give away on this episode. Those are going to go to some folks who've already signed up for our email newsletter. So congratulations to Christina, Kyla, and Eaglefly, though I assume not all of those are your real names. We will be in touch with you really soon to figure out how to get those books to you. If you want a chance to win in future giveaways, head over to thefitmess.com now and sign up under Newsletter. Uh, But I think that's about it for us uh, for this time. We are going to take a short break. Uh, It's going to be about three weeks before our next episode. The plan right now is to post uh, the next one on New Year's Eve. It'll be more of our conversation that we had with one of our first guests, uh, Johan Hari. He wrote the book Lost Connections. We talked quite a bit about addiction uh, in that conversation and coming up on New Year's will be my one year anniversary of uh, of being completely uh, alcohol and drug Woo-hoo! free, which is a big deal. And we talked to him a lot about addiction and sort of its root causes and, and sort of uh, what what uh, leads people down that path. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting guy. So we will share that with you on New Year's Eve as you get ready to take on your uh, New Year's resolutions, whatever they might be, yes. probably related to addiction. If you're like most people. Uh, So that'll be a fascinating conversation. I think you will get a lot out of that. So look for that New Year's Eve. Until then, I guess happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Merry whatever you celebrate, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.